So if I love myself, I have to be kind to myself. So I'm very kind to my thoughts. Like um, there are times when my my my, my insides are telling me I'm a, I'm a fuck up. I don't go go look at myself in the mirror and say how dare you. Like I'm very polite to myself. I'm like okay, if you think that way, that's okay. But it's stupid, but I'm reverse. <laughs> I get you. I get You're you. like okay, to think that way, but that's okay. So, but I'm going to prove to you that I'm not a fuck up. Like I'm, I'm very kind to myself. I give myself. And today we're talking about mental health. So I have a special guest. Her name is Taone Sesa Tiwana Karita. She is an author of the book Coffee. Let's see the book actually. And pain is a feeling. Pain is a feeling. Please don't leave my book out. Oh, <laughs> two books. Yes. Pain is a feeling, and Coffee. Yes. And I feel like I haven't really seen the pain is a feeling one, but Coffee is very interesting. Um, I was looking at the cover. It's just about coffee and. Like, it was really surprising me how someone could find so much to say about coffee. Um, and it's a really thick book, I won't lie. Like, I'm holding it now. It's quite interesting. Uh, thick she's the f- huh? Thick. That's what she said. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, founder of uh, PIF. Uh, she has a way of saying it. What is this? PIF. Oh, PIF. PIF. Okay, it's just, no, because it's, 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 I'm trying to find a way to actually say it as a Put word. Put it in, like, you know, as an but acronym. But it means um, passion, innovation, awareness, and foresight. Yeah, and she's a law student here in Joburg. And basically, she regards herself as a global vill- villager. Not a citizen, a villager, which is quite interesting. Um, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. Yeah? Yes. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? Okay, cool. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I left some stuff out about you. Um... Do you want to say something? Like, get people to know who you are, what you do. I'm a gourmet for food and wine and and coffee. I like new taste. Really? And, like, yeah, I think he just, he just, you, you was spot on. Oh. Think, yeah, you went Thank in. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, look, like, the topic for today is about mental health. And I just, I don't know, like, you came to me or, like, you know. If I say you know, I'm like putting pressure on it. But you, you understand mental health, maybe from personal experiences, mm-hmm. or from what you see from people, what you experience yourself. So let's get into it. What is mental health? So mental health, from my definition, that I always give people, I think, which is the easiest, um, is how is the engine, the state of the engine of your life. Okay. Um, but. Clinically, mental health is the state of your mind. Literally, as simple as that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The state of your mind. So how your engine is, like okay. you as a person. So the engine being the brain, and then yes. Now, how is it surviving, and how mm-hmm. is that going? Okay, cool. Um, and since we're talking about Africa and African culture, um, how do you view mental health in the African context? Um, surprisingly, um. Apparently, it's a new era of mental health awareness, but I think people were always somewhat aware. Um, 
but we we really didn't want to tap into it as as much but um i'm glad that in the african context people are even like now more eager to understand what it is and how best we could help each other um but there's a lot of things to do because it's not just about knowing but it's about doing the right thing and in in the african context they know what they're doing wrong but people are not really doing it mm. so i think that's a big problem when you know the problem but you're not dealing with it addressing yeah. it so that's how i look at mental health in the african context but i'm also glad that there is the eagerness to actually learn more about it now more than ever more than ever that's true i mean people are bringing it up and i feel like people are always scared to talk about it mm-hmm. i don't know why though i mean we're gonna get into that but people are always scared to address it and i mean in african country if you look at it from from a zimbabwean perspective um it's Associated with witchcraft and like you know bad omens like, yeah. like he's crazy. Um, yeah. And later on, if you don't address it from an early stage, later on that's when you see those people going mad and all these things it's because they didn't have uh, a foundation that addressed what mental health is and they were you know when they were starting and um, at the grassroots level. So I get what you're saying, but why is it important? Um. So mental health is important because um this is this determines how you tackle your everyday normal life and normal task task as in breathing simply getting out of bed socializing and how you interact with other people so it determines how you live and it determines how you function in a society so this is why it's important because if you don't address that or you don't actually deal with it then you are not going to be um effective you're not going to be efficient and you're not going to be useful in society and with to yourself as well mm, okay that's interesting um so you become a harm you, you do become a harm and that's that's also kind of scary i mean um i'm looking at it from a bigger perspective as well that you know, a lot of people that I know who suffered from mental health who weren't addressed, like, they became more toxic than um, than what people would have expected or what, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's, 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 it's a problem. It's a problem that we're not addressing, which is, I don't know, man, I, I judge, I judge our culture for not addressing it as well. Um, what do you think? Um, well, for me, I sympathize because, um, well, judging, we can judge them and then, then what? Um, when I look at my mom and I look at the, that generation and I look at the things that they failed to do, I sympathize a lot because I realize it's not just us, but those certain things as well not done for them. So it's, 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 a, it's a cycle of not knowing the know-how. And sometimes I've also looked at it from my, my own parents' perspective, like certain things they probably wouldn't ask, not because they don't care, but if they know what it is and if I give them the answer or I tell them it's because I don't have cool shoes like my friend and they can't afford it. So they'd rather not ask. And I think that's the problem in, in African culture that sometimes they don't ask not because they don't know, but they're scared of not being adequate in addressing it. Addressing the situation. I get you. I get you. And, 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 and it's wrong because in other societies we find that they even still make the effort of 
actually just letting the next person know that they acknowledge because acknowledgement goes a long way mm. in Africa they are scared of acknowledging because they're also scared of then being accountable of not dealing with a problem mm, I get you I get you I think that kind of it, it kind of fell into our generation as well for a bit because I mean I'll use myself for an example like you'd hear someone like you know when you move to South Africa we in Zimbabwe is a very um, straight society like we are channeled in the way we think like we're told how to think and what to think from a young age and then we're not told to actually open up our minds for example you know you can't talk back to your parents even when they're wrong you can't tell them that no this isn't wrong this is right because we're told that uh, the person above you is always right mm-hmm. um, and that kind of I feel like that kind of affects our mental health because you know we're not being open minded um, and we're not being taught to address situations on our own yeah. um, so when you come to South Africa and you hear someone being open about their mental health issues um, you judge them because you're like why are you telling me this or you know do you think that also kind of affects like the fact that our culture um, I'll say this in the Zimbabwean perspective our culture kind of forces us to judge people who are open about how the things that bother them um yes because we it's not normalized in in our culture it's not normalized it's taboo um i had the same problem with my mom and my dad because now i call my dad and like dude like what you're doing is abusive and it's not nice or dad what i don't say dude per se Mm. (laughs) obviously but then like i'm one of like the most open children like my mom my mom and dad have um but not between them but like I guess you. Yeah, that. So, I I'm open up on how I feel about certain things, and I even got to a point like to, to tell my parents like I'm not being rude for just saying I don't like a certain thing. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. And uh, I think the problem, I went for counseling with my mom at a certain point because things were not going well. Yeah. I didn't grow up with my mom. I hardly saw her for nine years. Yeah. Or late, maybe I think eight or nine years, between nine and eight, eight years. So it was a while. So, like, when she came, we had problems, we went for counseling. And what that counselor said is, like, you know what? Because of the way, also, like, some parents, some kids are raised, you find our generation, would, some of them are raised from the separated parents, or like, uh, um, I call them diaspora and orphans mm. their parents are away and they're here there's so much gap in between that um in enables them or like disables them what is that word like in like makes them makes it difficult yeah. for them to have a normal relationship Depends, so yeah. now oh. a, a, a mom has to come down to a child's level and a child has to also like try and understand a mom's perspective because this mom wasn't around for a very long time so that was like what I got from my like my situation with my mom. Like we had to change like the parenting methods. But then the thing is in Zim the problem is we are told that there's one method of parenting. Yeah. And these are like different kids. Yeah. And this is a globalized community. Like what how you used to teach a child back then is different from how you have to teach a child now. now. Yeah, of course. So now what what do we do? We as children it's also like in our um in our it's it, like it's also like in our reach to make that relationship work by one be compassionate with our parents to say they don't know about mental health because when they were my age 
they didn't have mental health seminars. So my mom doesn't know about this. So what do I do? You go back to your mom and you say, you know what? I would love to do what you want me to do, but I wouldn't feel good doing it. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it, not because I don't love you, because our parents also feel like we're taught, they were taught if a child doesn't love, love you, they don't listen to you. So you can communicate that. I'm not doing it because I don't love you, but I'm doing it because I'll hate you if I do it, do it because yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like you need to communicate. We're not, to, we're not taught to communicate negative um, emotions, which is something that we need to do so much to have a, ment- a good mental health. Because dealing with a mental health is tackling the negative emotions. Mm. It's not more of tackling how much you love. Is tackling what to do when you're upset. Yeah, upset yeah. So I think there's just that there's need for compassion with our parents and also teaching our parents. But like in the way that we teach them, are we teaching them out of love and compassion? Because when there's compassion, there's like patience. You're trying to also be patient with with your parents in the way that they're learning and unlearning certain things. Mm, I hear you. I hear you. I just noticed you have a tattoo. Like, what does that mean? I mean, it's a very small tattoo. Yeah, it's um. It's it's a semicolon. It's a mental health sign. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I got it. I got it two years ago. What's it um, paid for? Well, it's small, so <laughs> definitely not. Like yeah. I just, it just had to make it small because it was pain uh, convenient. Okay. It wasn't like that painful. It was actually very interesting knowing that something was going into my skin. But it was a very good experience. Uh, why did I have it? I had it because I was just getting in in a in a situation or in a in a time in my life where I realized I had to take control of my emotions, not because of how people treated me, but because of how I wanted to feel. Because my mental journey was not in the best space. Okay. But then I think that's also where I like a stronger vision of me was birthed. So yeah, it, the definition of what it means to me changes every time because the mental health uh, is like a it's like a continuum. So the meaning of my tattoo changes every year. Really? So oh, changes every time. So it's like it's like a it's like a like a comma like in a sentence, you don't put a full stop. You put a yeah, like comma. it's an ongoing. It's an journey. ongoing journey. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I mm. get you. That's cool. And what are your experiences of mental health? Like, I mean, I ask this on a personal capacity, like. What are your experiences like? How have you dealt with issues of mental health and all these things? Like, okay, so I have dealt with them negative in a in a bad way, in a good way. So I have uh, the experiences of both. I can tell you that. <laughs> As I drinking when I was young, like very young, like maybe fifteen. Uh, um, look at you. <laughs> Look at you. I was I used to tell my friends I was the fifth cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, no, I, <laughs> I get it. Now. <laughs> yeah, you are full um, slow. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to cut myself, so I, I went through that as well. Yeah. Uh, I I think people thought I was naughty. I was one of those like I was. I was always in situations where I wasn't actually doing anything. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah. And, um... I mean, sorry to cut you off there. Like, something you just said just got caught my attention. Like, do you think it's fair to judge people based on um, 
what they do at a certain age like for example like you started drinking at 15 do you think it's fair to judge someone based on that like to judge the entire character based on the fact that they drank at 15 well I was judged like growing up like my my mom's my, my family like my mom like she always had I think people always probably loved it my mom like this child is a lot yeah. like like one day I'll be caught drunk with fl- with alcohol in the in, in the flowers like I, I used to do like really stupid things um would you call it stupid because they're stupid or would you call it stupid because now you feel like they're stupid? I, I look at it now, like I wouldn't tell anyone to do it. Like, oh, okay. You know, like yeah. it's, it's things that are not necessarily good to do, but like I'm glad I learned from them and I, I, I own them. They're my story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, but like judging people by that is also very stupid because there's some people now that look up to me. Yeah. That you say, ah, oh, tea. But like at the same time, then it's not like I harmed anyone. I was just crying out for help. Yeah. So. Do you think people the, listened? There's some people that did. Like yeah, I I had very good, like gardens. Like my mom's sister treated me very well. Like yeah. um, and at the time I used to cut myself and I went into a room and I said, look, I I do this, but like now it's getting out of control. Like yeah. I feel like cutting my vein, and she didn't know what to do. But she just looked at me and she laughed. She's like, And like for me, that went a long way. Like even just having that conversation in the way she reacted, she didn't, no, she didn't respond and not react. She didn't like, like, oh my God, why are you doing that? She gave me like an example of a car. Like it's a beautiful car. Why would you scratch it? Like, and I'd heard it before, but like it was for my mom, yeah. you know? So it meant something. Yeah. So I think it's not good in judging people with the way they are reacting to to life, but to understand like what made them do that. Yeah. Um. I think I my parents they don't understand a lot of things that I do, but I think with time they've gotten to accept that that's who I am. Maybe yeah. Yeah. you know. So yeah. Okay, I get you, I get you. That's, that's actually so quite profound. So I think profound. people shouldn't judge people because it's for you, for us. Like, if you are doing that, would you want people to judge you from not really even understanding how you feel? Yeah, and I feel like that affects me as well because, like, a lot of people, like, you look back at your life and I always say this, they, 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 I have certain friends who were given pressure by society. Like, you know, they, those kids who are smart and then you like, you know, you, even your parents would be like, ah, oh, you, you must learn to be like this person or, you know, all these things. The just doctor. Come, a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, like, you know, they're given this title um, at a young age that they have to live up mm-hmm. to, that they're not allowed to develop to who they should be. Mm-hmm. And that affects them because now you find that that person becomes depressed because now they're living up to be something that they didn't want to be. Yeah. You know, and... It's, it's not easy to wake up every day and not... And you have to be someone else. Like, you know, it's easier to be yourself than anything. Yeah, it's really easy to be yourself, and like people are creating an image for you based on what they think that you should be. And then now, when you start drinking and you you have a spillover, people neglect you because they like even if you become addicted to drugs or whatever, like then they they judge you, and then they're like, but how did this happen? And then now they start saying, uh, Agaroiwa, or you know, but it was society which was like forcing you to become something that you're not. I mean, maybe. You are supposed to experience things at a certain age, or let's just say, for example, you're 12 years old. You're being forced to mature. You're being forced to, like, you know, 
become something that you're not based because your parents want you to want you to show off and say that no look my kid is this this he's gonna be a doctor he's gonna be this 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 so let me just give you an example that yeah. I, I think people could really carry with uh, i don't know if you know gillian gok he's a mentalist yeah and he's 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 amazing like he's he comes up with this um um what is the theorem of self-influence okay. and i think that's what mental health is all about just yeah. being control of your brain yeah basically like taking care of your brain, brain. and being accountable for your, of, brain. Of yeah. for your brain so a lot of people are not accountable their brain they blame their suicide on someone else they blame this on, on on someone else but like when you there's a point where you get to where if some if it's okay is not to take it anymore like you decide what it is, what to, it is you. to you yeah and like I always say like you choose to be insulted. Yeah. You like it's and being insulted is not something that just happens. People choose to, to, be, to be insulted. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so you talk about self influence and say you can people want to run to be influential before they have self influenced and when they become influential they're still feeling empty because they are like running on a schedule. To yeah, get there, so now they've gotten there, and there's nothing for feeling. Yeah. So instead, people should get to a point of self awareness, right? Which leads to self influence. Now you realize you like drinking coffee now five o'clock instead of seven, maybe seven. No good So now mentally, you've also told yourself, but it doesn't make sense for me to have it now seven. Yeah. Now having it at five. That's self influence, where like your life is not now a being a determined. Now your life is a determinant. No, you are a determinant of your life, not like you're being a determinant of your feelings. Yeah. Like the other way around. And he talks about he talks about that like and then when you become self influ like when you become self influent influ influential, you become influential to the people around, around you. you yeah. And you become influential to a purpose. Because now when if like you like doing Jimakami and stuff like that, when you become influential in the way in the sense that you're not it's now coming after you because you're carrying it with you yeah. then you're coming after something which becomes more heavier to carry yeah. so i think people just need to know what works for them yeah and then run with it like if it's like even how to deal with your child like you need to know good when i talk to my child in this way so then talk to your child in that way like yeah. don't make life complicated for both you and your child. child exactly exactly yeah. No, I get you, and I, I really resonate with that. Like, it's 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 very profound. Um, yeah, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, I hear what you're saying. So, do you think that um, um, a person can be entirely mentally healthy, or can we be full? You know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's like a car, like it can never be fully functional mm. because that would mean it doesn't have to go to for repairs, it doesn't have to go to what is right. It's an everyday job. Yeah. Like the same way you breathe is the same way you need to take care of your mental health because it's like an engine it's like ongoing. Ongoing, okay, yeah. You find that putty um you take care of your mental health even with the food that you eat. It's if you take care of your mental health, even the things that you say, yeah. the things that you listen to. Uh, if you want to be mentally more healthy and you want to be happier, read happy books. Yeah. Have happy literature. 
be surrounded by happy people. Mm. Like block out. It's a it's an everyday workout. Yeah, I should say. Like um, I was even saying to my friend, she's like, "Oh my god, T, you look good." I'm like, "Yeah, I think it's the energy from the workouts from last year." Cause I haven't been to the gym. Yeah. And I'm for me, I'm even scared. I'm gonna get to a point where it's all going to wear out. Like because you need to keep yourself going oh, yeah. and you need yeah. to keep your brain active yeah. for it to be active for it to be active yeah, of course so it's, it's unfortunately um it's it's like reading or it's like um technology tv like you need to keep up like keep up, yeah. so you need to, it's something that you need to keep um lubricating and active and, and stuff like that so yeah I get you. No, my brain just got back. So you, I wanted to ask you. I mean, I'm, I was going to tell you a bit of a story actually, like of myself, where, um, but it, it was going to lead up to questions. Let me ask you the question first. Do you think loving yourself and mental health go hand in hand? Yes. Okay. Okay, I hear you. Um, why? Um, loving myself and mental health go hand in hand because, um. I think loving myself means I don't compromise myself. It prioritizes me, right? And when you sit down and actually think of the things that um, that could be out of hate or spite is the way you talk to people. So if I love myself, I have to be kind to myself. So I'm very kind to my thoughts. Like um, there are times when my my, my my insides are telling me I'm a, I'm a fuck up. I don't go look at myself in the mirror and say how dare you like i'm very polite to myself i'm like okay if you think that way that's okay but it's stupid but i'm reverse <laughs> i get you I get you're like you. okay if you think that way but that's okay so but i'm going to prove to you that i'm not a fuck up like i'm very kind to myself i give myself stars when i do my notes in time look at you um i have stickers that i carry around like not around but like i put when i was I about to ask you where they're not <laughs> <laughs> um i put around my things like smiley faces it's just to keep myself cozy and loved and just kind and also like just to remind myself that i'm also human and i deserve yeah. all those things you know what's actually interesting is that like when you create an environment of like that for yourself you now know what you expect other people to treat you like. Yes, well. like, and it's also very difficult for you to do that for someone, yeah. like, to be mean to the next person. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. It, it's very, it becomes, it, it's habitual to treat yourself nice and then it becomes your character Yeah. to be genuinely a nice a person. A nice person, yeah. So for me, um, I am a mental health activist, but like the things that I pray to God for is to love people. Yeah. Because I feel like in love, healing, and all these other things come in. So this is why PIF is for you, for us. So I put you first for both of for us. For both of us, yes. Yeah. It's a bit of like there's this Ubuntu tribe where I am who I am because of the people around me, mm. um, which is very profound. I mean, look, I'm looking at the idea of loving yourself, and that's also kind of a thing where I feel like. I had to discover myself. It happened later on in life, but it was still necessary. You know, like you, you shouldn't get hurt when people leave your life. You know, whether it be family, whether it be a girlfriend or whatever. Like, you know, anyone, even your your friends as well. Mm-hmm. Like, surely there should be pain, but you should be able to move on. Like, you know, there's cases where people commit suicide and all these things based on your people leaving, and I feel like that's that's rooted in the fact that you never loved yourself first um yeah because when you root yourself in yourself when you love yourself so much 
your imperfections also become your perfections as well. Mm-hmm. You you start to understand yourself more. You're like, okay, fine. If someone comes into my life and they leave, I will still be able to move on because I understand who I am. So yeah. for me, for example, if it comes to family, like you know, like um, there are a lot of family members that I read. I I I, I can't say I get along with because um, of m- many many reasons, but if they don't message me or if they don't talk to me I am never affected because I know that by myself I can survive you know and all these things like you know they just play a part so but if you had looked for me prior I would be like okay fine I'll message this person or what you know I would ask myself I would even think about like why isn't this message person talking to me or what did I do wrong and then I realized that no I had to learn to appreciate who I am as a person first before you know I started appreciating other people as well because now if you don't talk to me I'm completely fine with it you know I understand mm-hmm. that you know you also have your own life mm-hmm. you have your reasons for not talking to me whether it's my fault or not and also like it kind of used to frustrate me that people are willing to listen to other people speak negatively about you before you know me that mm-hmm. really affects me and that also played a part in my mental health as well because you start thinking but what made this person like for example if you were to come into my life and you barely know me and then someone says to you that she knows this person this is this, this, this right and you listen to them that used to affect me i'm like okay fine but why would this person judge me based on what they heard like mm-hmm. surely my experience of you is different from mm-hmm. my experience like maybe we have a reason to why you know that happened mm-hmm. and i also used to believe that you know and i still stand by it stupidity is when you can hate someone else based on someone else's um, opinion. opinion you know like yeah. I com- personally for me I feel like that's the, the deepest level of stupidity because yeah. I should be able to ex- experience you as a person for you to have your own opinion exactly if, if I don't like it then I'll be like okay, cool but you know it's, it's a it's a, it's a shaky shaky situation yeah. but that goes again to loving yourself and all these things and um, I wanted to ask you why is mental health shunned in the African culture? Like, why is it that we don't accept it? Like, I mean, I know we talked about it uh, briefly, but mm-hmm. I understand, like, why is it as a culture we never really addressed mental health back in the day? Like, and why I say back in the day is because it's clearly, it's, it's not a long time ago. It's the previous generation, and the previous generation is our parents. And mm-hmm. that kind of, like, for an early, for, uh, for some time in our lives, it kind of affected us as well because we never knew about mental health itself. Mm-hmm. So why is it shunned? So I'll give you an example of myself, uh, my story. So you're t- telling me about like, cutting family off and stuff. Yeah. So I'm a Kariza, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm the only person I know from my family. Yeah. Um, I know my dad and my grandmother. The other people, I, I knew them, but I forgot about them. Yeah. Like I cut them off. I was raped in my family. Yeah. And um, the rumor was going on, but they knew. But they were more comfortable to confront me in the sense that are you sleeping with are you in an affair with this guy like it was my dad's brother's daughter's um husband so they were more comfortable in confronting me in that way when they realized it was actually like a rape situation they told me to pray about it because it's now it's embarrassing um it's something they can't deal with is something they don't want to do with. So, and it's also, um, it becomes a masculine, masculine, masculinity thing because now it's like you were breaking brothers, my dad and his brother. 
So it's not just about me anymore. There's so much about to do with the family power. It goes on and on. So it's selfishness and greed. I'll be very honest. I'll, I'll get to that point. It's selfishness and greed. The reason why even countries, African countries, are not putting mental health first, putting up, they're not doing well in their medics, um, taking care of COVID patients and hospitals and putting the things that they need to put first and prioritize during this pandemic is selfishness. People don't want to deal with the real things not because they can't, but because it will compromise self-interest, it will compromise and it will demand something out of them. People want something that they can get, but they don't want to work. Mental health about working. It's not just you wake up and go. It's about going to the gym. It's about reading. It's about actually doing the actual work. People don't like working for anything. Yeah. The easier, the better. This the is why it's so easy for them to cut me off, like or not look for me. I cut them off, but not look for me because they know if they look for me, the story is you didn't deal with the situation. Do they want to deal with it? It's not. Mm. So it's about like accountability. Africans don't want to be count- accountable. Africans don't want to work for a better relationship with their with their children. They want to work for a better relationship with themselves. They, they. I don't think they think it's expensive. Or some think it's expensive, but mental health is not. Very expensive, yeah. Because knows there like people don't want to go for therapy because they think it's expensive, but it's not. I if you calculate going to hospital on a BP and calculating the cost of the cost of therapy, the problem, yeah. the long term problem, dealing with the situation or the problem, it's actually cheaper. Yeah, financially. Yeah. So it's just um, the fear of the unknown, selfishness, and greed. Yeah, That's what make pri- mental health not a priority, not a priority. in in the African culture. Because even like male figures are abusive and they are self-centered the chauvinistic chauvinism wow chauvinism chauvinism and zim and in many parts of africa and in the world at large and people don't want to deal with that yeah and that also has a connection to our mental health i think it kind of clicked me when you said um that people are lazy like we go for the easier option which which is really annoying because like you find that people are aware of the problem, mm. but they find it easier not to address it, you know. Yeah. And I hate because I'm convinced. Like we have, like it only clicked in my head very recently that we have one life, like literally it's just one life and it's done. Mm-hmm. Why spend that whole life hitting each other over things that we could have just addressed and gotten over? Yeah. You get me? Like, and it it it, it hits deeper with family because you look at it and you're like, but surely you can get over this, right? Um, but we don't and worst off is that people can identify the problem but they'll choose to go a different route and say no because this route is shorter and it's easier I'll go with this one and I'll hate you for this but you know that by going with the actual proper route you address the root of the problem or or the the major issues but then you're like no let me go for the easy one and it's very frustrating because you don't really look at who it's affecting yeah. You know, like you look at it, and maybe the, the for the majority it's nice, but for the minority, you're really affecting. You know, by making those choices, you're affecting the people who who uh, are in the minority. It's actually like a majority because you find that like the minority have been quiet for decades, but what has it done? It has cl- it has created a 
generational occurrence. Yeah. So it will keep going on and on. So it's actually the majority because now it's affecting generations. It's not just affecting an era. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. Yeah, man. I mean. So yeah, but like yeah, mental health is very important, and um, it's the little things really. Like I just wish people knew how easy it is to. It's not easy, but it's easy to just do the right thing. Yeah, I guess you. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Like it's it's, it's quite important. And, um, I think people should actually start really speaking more about mental. I mean, people are doing it. Like, and I I love to see it. Um, you know, I I something that I never really noticed earlier on in my life. Like you know, during the two thousand ten to twenty fifteen, like people weren't really talking about it. But now you're seeing people coming up, and COVID even made things. Uh, more open because people had time to sit on their on their on their laptops or whatever, and you know even host uh, seminars to talk about mental health and address mental health. I like watching TED Talk a lot, and you hear a lot of people just you know having their own perception of mental health, not just in the African culture itself, but in the global context. And you know it's it's it's, it's a it's a play of many things, and mm-hmm. it's I think I I love how we our generation is because this is a different generation like. Our generation is saying no to a but lot I also of things. Hate, our generation. I also hate how they fake walk. Like that's that's the thing as yeah. well. It really frustrates like it's, me. It's now a trend more than anything. I was laughing. I'm like, lol. Like this is really interesting because I was a vegan for eight eight months. Yeah. I was meant to do it for a year. I that's stopped hard, because eh? I respect you. I stopped because people are now telling me. Like yeah, talk to one such wing and I'm like do you realize I could just wake up and eat a wing and no one could do anything? Like yeah. it's my it's life choice. and it's yeah. and I stopped. Then um I started again last year and because then I was more mentally stronger too but then I was doing pescetarian so like I could eat everything I could not could eat everything else but fish fish right? except red meat. Mm. So that was fun and easier. Uh, now I eat meat, but like I don't buy it from my house, but I eat it. Mm. Um, but like it's all like a mental exercise where you start learning that sometimes people do make decisions not because for, not not for themselves, for themselves initially, but eventually becomes diluted by other people's opinion. Mm. But if you actually get to a point of mental strength, you realize it's so easy to do what's right. Because it's not determined by the outcome. Yeah, that's true. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool and quite profound. Um, you know, we're almost reaching the end, and um, I'm looking at the time now. And this is actually really. It was an interesting conversation. Um, but now I I I always ask this question. Like last season, I used to ask in a different manner. I just ask you direct. But now I want to hear from your perspective. What does it mean to be a trailblazer in the African context? Like, what is that for you? For me, it's doing things that have never been done before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Anything else to add on? Um. Yeah. I and mean, what is it? Do you view yourself as a trailblazer as well? Yes, because for me, I go with the motto: I improve, I discover, and mm. I emancipate. Really? So it's about lifting others whilst discovering new roles that have never been found before and finding new like old roles and advancing them so that's mm. just what I'm all about nice man nice that's really cool um, thanks for being on the show I really appreciate it and you know we were always talking about doing it and you know you actually approaching me was even profound because I'm always looking for people to jump on the show like even um, with with this whole episode now like with this whole episode now, um, yeah.
for this whole episode now. Um, I'm really, I'm really enjoying, you know, the whole African context um, because I want to share the African culture to the world. Mm. I want people to understand what culture, what our culture is about, uh, whether it be stereotypes or things that we believe in, things that we don't believe in. That's really my goal. So, like, I'm, I'm having multiple conversations with different people, from parenting in the African context to Lobola itself. You know, like people don't understand it, um, and you know, I'm really trying to share that message to a lot of people. And, um, you sharing about mental health was really, really, really profound. Uh, so yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. And yeah, any last words? Thank you so much. Um, the last words are be yourself. Someone will appreciate you. Ah, oh, beautiful, man. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs>